What's going on, H12? How you doing tonight? All right, that's good. That's good. Well, my name is Todd. Uh, like Derek said, um, I've been in student ministry for 11 years, and I just left students from San Diego. I just moved here from San Diego and um, to be with you. That's how awesome you are, just saying, okay? And uh, some of you are like, why? Why would you leave San Diego? Because you're beautiful, because of you. So I'm not going to tell you much. I'm not going to tell you much about my smoking hot wife, all right? I'm not going to tell you about my four kids. I would love to tell you about them later. I'm not going to do that, even though she's really smoking hot, okay? I'm not going to talk about that because I want to talk about Jesus tonight with you. We're going to dive into creation. We're talking about Continuum is the new series. This is week one. And before I get started, every time I speak to students, I, want, I always put out a chair. And the chair represents Jesus. This is what I call my Jesus chair. Because I, I hope that anything that I say tonight that's of Todd, you would forget by the time you hit the parking lot. But everything that Jesus wants to say to you tonight, I pray that you would focus in on him and, and hear what he wants to speak to you. Because I don't think it's an accident that you're here. But Jesus is our center of attention. And so I always put him in front of when I bring the word because I want you to see him first. Does that make sense? So we're, gonna, we're just going to pray real quick, and I'm going to invite him into the seat to take over the night, okay? Can you dig that? I'll take that as a yes. Here we go. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love, and we thank you for this place. We thank you for H12. And God, I just thank you uh, for Derek Idol. He is a stud muffin. I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible. And God, I just thank you that he, uh, he loves these students well. He cares for them. I thank you for these leaders who give up uh, week after week to be with these students, and this is important. And so, God, we pray that we would get out of the way and that you would take over. We pray for your Holy Spirit to come. Speak to our hearts. Lord, would you do something new and fresh in our lives? In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. So, tonight we're talking about a continuum. We're talking about creation, and a continuum is a sequence. It's a, it's a constant thing that's happening. And, and so, continuum is, is basically the whole series is to look at the Bible and, and to look at the greater story. You with me? So from creation, Genesis 1, all the way through until Jesus shows up on the scene and dies on the cross, all of this is connected. There's a constant story. There's a continuum happening, a bunch of events that are taking place to tell a greater story. And you're in the story. And so tonight we're going to talk about creation. Right? Most of you have heard the story about creation, but, but one of the things that I want you to hear is, is um, when... When we talk about creation tonight, uh, some of you may not know much about the story, about how God started everything. Some of you may have learned some lessons that you heard in biology, and it doesn't have anything to do with creation. And so tonight, well, we're, we're going to bring clarity to who God is and what he created. Now listen, have you ever jumped into the living room, like you just stroll up into the living room, you plop down on the couch, and there's a movie happening on the screen? Or maybe somebody's watching, like you think it's Walking Dead, or whatever it is that people watch right? In my case, I got kids, so it's like we're watching like Paw Patrol, all right? I don't know. My people, okay? All right. So Chase, here we go. So anyway, so when I walk into the living room, I don't know. I'm watching something, and I don't know if it's like an hour in. I don't know if it's Nickelodeon. It feels like it's been an hour in, but anyway. Um, so I'm watching something, and I don't know where we are in the story. Some of you know what I'm talking about because maybe you went uh, just recently, you went and saw Star Wars, all right? You went in the theaters and you checked that out. 
Like that is a part of a greater story. There's something happening there uh, that's, that's happening. There's a story, and you caught the tail end of it, or Creed. Creed's a great movie, right? The end of the Rocky series, which, oh boy, I love me some Rocky movies. Okay, grew up in the 80s. That's what I'm talking about. So anyway, all right. So that's a greater story. And sometimes you're just rolling in and you're just sitting down and you're just like, in the, you just sit down in the middle of this Netflix binge that's happening in the room. And you don't really know characters. You don't know, really know what's going on. And so tonight, what we're talking about creation, we're talking about the beginning. We're talking about the full story. But sometimes our perspective is a little off. So I want to start with a game to kind of explain what I'm talking about, okay? Can you guys dig a game? Now, this, this is super cheesy. But I'm going to show on the big screen, we're going to show you a, a picture. Now, you got to imagine that this picture is like a piece of the puzzle, okay? You're only going to see a portion of the greater picture. You with me? And I'm going to get up in your face, and if you're willing, I, I won't pick on anybody, but if you think you know what the picture is, I will let you guess in front of everybody. You with me? So the very first picture, here we go. This is the picture we're looking at. Ooh, started out, that's pretty tough. Anybody think they know what's happening? Okay, what do you think is going on? A dog collar. A dog collar. What do you think? Yeah? Well, let's go one more. Let's go one more. It's a shoe. It's a shoe. What do we got? Boom! Beyonce. About to biff it. Right? That was that moment where we're like, oh! Okay, she's good. She's still Beyonce. It's okay. Okay. All right. All right. That was her shoe. That was her boot. She was right. Nailed it. Okay. Next picture. Here we go. Ooh, this one's pixelated. <laughs> Gotta love the internet. Okay. Any, any guesses over here? What, what you got? Looks like a cat inside a couch cushion. A cat inside a couch cushion. What else? We got anybody else back here? What you got? Here, just catch it. Don't drop it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, just take that out of my paycheck. My bad. It's a dog. It's a dog. What do we got? Judges sit. Boom. Where are my dog lovers at? Who loves a dog? Who hates cats? Amen. Amen. All right. That's good. Okay, next, next picture. Ooh, ooh. What do you think? That's me. That's you. It's not your best day. Okay. Any guesses? Oh, she's going to make me run. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not as physically fit as Derek. It looks like the, uh, the X-Men Beast. The X-Men Beast. What you got? <laughs> Last one. I'm not going to throw it again. They're going to beat me. Someone's really bad tattoo. Bad tattoo. Ooh, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. Survey says, what do they say? Oh, do you find it? That's, that's me as a baby. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, in, <laughs> sorry. Whew. I'm out of shape. I'm just saying. Okay, so throughout the Bible, we see a greater story. Something's happening. Just like those pictures, there's a piece of the puzzle. There's just a little, little snapshot of what you're experiencing called life. Okay? But there's a greater story. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, how you fit in the creation story. One thing that I want you to get, this is in your notes. I want you to see this, is that our story is in history. Do you see it? 
Our story is in his story. Oh, I love it. This, this, is, high, this is high school, right? Just, okay. just I know it's in the day. You're afraid. Okay. Our story is in the middle of history. Listen, creation, how does creation start? Think about it. Let's go back to Genesis 1. The very first book of the Bible, the very first chapter, the very first verse says this, in the beginning. Stop. Let's just take a minute. Because a lot of times we, we blow through that. If you've ever read this text, you're probably just like, in the beginning. But think about this. In the beginning was God. In the beginning, there was nothing. It was just God. And God said, let there be light. In the beginning, it was God. So that means everything that's happened since then has come from God. Now we're getting deep, so hang on. See, Derek told me that you guys are coming back from Dig. There's a lot of you who experience Dig, and you're hungry for something deeper. And you're hungry for something more. And I want you to understand, students, I've been in ministry quite a bit. And, and throughout the years, I see people get tripped up over this lesson that we're talking about tonight. Because we forget that in the beginning, God created. So let's not jump over this too quickly. But in the beginning, God created. Verse 1, of Genesis 1. Whatever you see, whatever exists, whatever is here is because of that one, that one sentence. God created. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the sky and the land. He created the fish and the animals and the plants. This is amazing. I wish I had more time to unpack this because there's so much packed in these first 14 verses. Do you realize if you read it, and this is, you're going to read it on your own. I know when you go home tonight, you'll be like, ooh, I'm going to read this. This is good. Okay. But when you go home tonight and, or the next time you read Genesis... Check out that God creates the earth and all the seed plants. He creates all the plants. Then he creates the sun and the moon. But doesn't it take the sun to keep the plants alive? I mean, I'm not a scientist. That's just science, right? Like, that's just crazy. I don't, I don't do science. Right? But God creates. See, it doesn't even, God doesn't even need the sun. I had a friend actually tell me that. It's crazy. It blew my mind when I saw that. Just, just thought I'd throw it out there. And then look at Genesis verse 1, or sorry, verse 10, chapter 1. Look what God says. He creates all this stuff, the heavens and the earth, the animals, the birds, the fish, right? And he creates all this stuff, and he says, this is good. This is Todd's translation, right? That's good. I did work today, right? Took him six days, and he created. He created everything out of nothing. Then, if you skip down to Genesis 1, 26 and 27, look at what God says. He says, let us make human beings. Let us make man in our image. Hold up. Pause. I know a lot of you are Bible scholars, and you're way smarter than me. But do you realize he's speaking in the plural here? Let us create man. Who's God talking to? The birds? Right. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are there because the God, we could spend all night on this too, but we're not going to. There's just a lot of good text in here. There's a lot about who God is right here at the very beginning in Genesis. It's there. We didn't even see it. We just blew by it, right? In the beginning, God created. Let us make man in our own image. 
And they will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and the wild animals on the earth and the little small scurry plants that I hit with my truck. Right? Sorry. My bad. Again, Todd's translation, my bad. So God created human beings, listen to this, in his own image. Now, I just want to park here for a second. I was, this isn't my notes, but I, I was just thinking about this today or this week as I was processing this. I think, and, and this is totally my opinion. This is not in the Bible. You will not find it. But I was thinking if God created, there's like six billion of us or something crazy like that on the earth. And if seven, man, all right, just grew a billion like that. All right. Um, so here we are on this earth. What if God created each of us with just one characteristic of who he is? Like some of us have the same qualities, I'm sure, of God, but isn't, wouldn't it, isn't it just mind-boggling to think about how awesome God is and maybe just each of us has one characteristic of God? I don't know. Just thought I'd throw that out there. But listen, God, we're kind of moving into chapter 2 here. God creates this garden. Anybody know the name? Eden. Garden of Eden, right? I don't know. I'm the same way. I have to say the Garden of Eden, right? The Garden of Eden. So God creates this garden. It was on the east. And so he takes Adam up and he puts Adam in this garden. And it was good. And Adam ruled over this garden, and he, and he took care of things. He took care of this garden that God had created, and it was good, but God said, uh, we need something else here. It's not good for him to be alone. He's talking to the lions. It ain't cool, right? He's like, let's, let's figure out what we can do. So he creates a helper. He creates a woman, and he takes the rib of Adam. He puts him in a deep sleep, and he takes the rib of Adam, and he creates a woman, and, and it, it moves. All of a sudden, you see things change. God says after he creates the man, after he creates us, it's not just good anymore. It's, it's very good. So it moves from good until he sees what he created in us and his heart is pulled and he says it's very good. That's in Genesis 1.31. Listen, I want you guys to get this because, we, we again, we jump past this, but everything that God creates is perfect. Say, it's perfect. It is pretty nice, and it came in full. I thought it was like... Okay. It's perfect. Everything that God creates is perfect. There's no defect. Nothing's wrong here. God created everything to be right. One thing I want you to, I want you to repeat this after me. There's no mistake, There's no mistake. in what God creates. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say, there's no mistake, and then I want them to say, in what God creates. Ready? Go. Say it again. Look deep into their eyes. There's no mistake in what God creates. You feel that love right there? Okay. There's no mistake in what God creates. Everything that God makes, Eden is perfect. So what's the problem? We're going to talk about when humans messed it up, when Adam and Eve messed it up. We're going to talk about that later. 
But now I want to talk about you. How does this apply? How does creation, how do you fit in his story? I want you to get this, students, because um, too often we get blindsided by the enemy. Does everybody know who the enemy is? Okay. We get blindsided by the enemy because what we do is we, we go through life and something happens that's horrible, that's catastrophic, like something happens in our life that rocks us to the core. And our, our temptation is to blame God. My parents went through a divorce when I was 16, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I grew up in church. I was a good kid. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, for the most part, I was a good kid. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I didn't understand why God never brought them back together because it says in the Bible, it says, ask what you want from God, right? Seek, and you shall find, and knock, and the door will be open to you, right? In Matthew, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And I prayed, and he said, if you look to that mountain, you say, throw it in the ocean, and it has to go. It has to listen to you. If it just takes faith of a mustard seed. Some of you have heard these scriptures, and I remember crying out to God, asking him to do something awesome. It never happened. So what did I do? I blame God. See, the enemy started talking in my ear, in my head, and he started to get me to, say, to, to, to think the thoughts. If your God was so perfect, and he creates these perfect things then how come he didn't fix this? And I didn't have an answer, and I was like, you know, that's a good point. And if your God's so awesome, and James, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from the Father. The Father gives good gifts. But what? What was wrong with me that I couldn't get a good gift? Have you ever looked at a friend? Don't raise your hand. Don't say their name. But have you ever looked at a friend and saw their life and wondered why your life couldn't be more like them? Because your life seems so full of mess and you don't understand how they get the good life. They get the perfect God life. Their parents are together and they're happy and they go into church and they're all wearing matching buttons and, and looking all spiffy and stuff, right? And they walk in, they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? And, you, and you're just like over there like eating cereal, like hating life. Like my mom didn't even feed me. I'm eating in the cafe this morning, right? <laughs> I don't even know how I got here. See, the enemy is sneaky, and he likes to get you to blame God. And you're going to talk more about that story. But tonight, I want to apply this because God is perfect. The creation, man and woman, were perfect. And all the things that he created in those six days, seven days that God was creating was perfect. But sometimes life isn't perfect. Jesus later says in John 10.10, 10, he's on the scene now, and he says, listen, the thief, remember the enemy, we'll put that in, the enemy, the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you, to give them, he, he says, that they may have life. I have come that you, put in your name there, may have life and life to the full. See, what does that mean? The enemy loves to cause confusion. He loves to distort life. Can I just talk to you for a minute? When you're going through a mess in your life and you're like hurting and wounded, you're looking at God like this, just like those pictures. 
But God sees the greater story. God sees how you fit. God sees how your story and your pain can build the kingdom. God did not put that pain on you. That was what humans did when we screwed things up, when we started blaming each other. I mean, you even, well, I don't want to cheat on next week. It's so good. Come back next week. God didn't create the pain. And you're sitting there and you're like, where are you, God? He's like, I'm right here. I see you. I see beyond what you're experiencing right now. See, I read Romans uh, 8. I read this, this passage in Romans chapter 8 that says, uh, for every, um, God makes everything good for those who love him. God can make good come out of nothing. God can make perfect out of darkness. So how, how come he doesn't help me? The enemy got in my head, and he caused, he caused confusion. Satan loves to point out the problems in life. He loves to make it God's fault. Say that. He loves to make it God's fault. Go. He loves to, make God's fault. He loves to get you to blame God. That's what Satan loves to do. And if he can get you to blame God, then he's got you. And see, this is where I was telling you earlier, I've been in ministry a while, and I see people forget what God has done. This is why the creation is so important. Because you need to remember that God is good. I heard it all the time. Come on. Right? That's not just a fancy little slogan. See, God was good in the beginning, and God is good to the end. God is good everywhere in between. He's good. Satan loves to point out the problems. He loves to get you to blame God for the mistakes of life. He loves, you to get, he loves to get you to blame God for the pain that you're going through. Listen, can I tell you what needs to happen here? How do we break the habit of blaming God? We need to embrace his story. What do I mean by that? You gotta remember that God is perfect, right? You gotta remember who God is. Can I tell you something? I'm just confessing. I'm on all kinds of confessing tonight. I'm confessing mood. But I was a youth pastor for 11 years, and I got kicked out of two church camps. Just saying. I was a knucklehead. I'm not even going to tell you what I did. You can talk to me later if you want to find out what I did. But I was so embarrassed of what I did. But God restored this broken kid who was hurting, and he turned me into a, well, I'm still a work in progress, right? But he turned, he's using me to build his kingdom. Can I tell you something, students? I'm not perfect. Far from it. Ask my wife. But God makes our ashes, our mess, he makes them beautiful. He changes the game. So what do you need to do? You need to embrace history. I heard it said, I don't know who said this. I was, I was trying to find the, the person who came up with this, but it's been around so long, I couldn't find the, the person who quoted this. But he says, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. You don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been, which means if you don't pay attention and learn from the mistakes that you made, you're going to continue to make them, right? And God continues throughout the scripture, throughout the continuum of the Bible. You see God intervene, and he comes down, and he continues to make a way for, for us. We need to trust God. We need to quit blaming God for the mistakes in our life. Life isn't perfect. 
See, we have to say that something's wrong here, so I'm going to put it on somebody else. God created a perfect place for us to live, and we're going to talk more about that as this thing unfolds, as this series unfolds. But you need to recognize that the enemy is looking to get you turn turn your back on God. Okay, I'm going to close with this. I got a, just a couple thoughts for you. So in 2013, my wife and I, we already had two kids. Uh, we had our daughter, Grace, who's eight, and we have uh, our five-year-old son, Isaiah. Zay Zay is what we call him. In 2013, my wife got pregnant with our third kid. You heard me say that we have four children at the beginning. Maybe you picked up on that, maybe you didn't. But I have three on earth and one in heaven. Let me tell you the story. In 2013, we went in to find out what our gender of our baby was going to be when my wife was about 20 weeks. And so we go into the doctor, and we've done this twice before, this moment. And so we see the nurse kind of struggling around, like has the thing. And the, oh, my wife, like, why is that the same size as my wife when she's pregnant? <laughs> anyway. So anyway, there was like jelly, and they're right in there. They're like all like looking around and trying to find the baby, the heartbeat and all this stuff. And, like, and I'm watching the TV, because that's what guys do. <laughs> Like, I, think I, I think I see it, right? And, and the nurse has this look like something's wrong. And my wife grabs my hand, and she goes away and comes back with the doctor, and the doctor begins to tell us that the baby inside of my wife is going to continue to grow, continue, continue to have a heartbeat, but this baby won't live. And so my wife and I go through, this is week 20, and, and the full uh, duration of a pregnancy is 40 weeks, right? And so they're trying to tell us that we should probably remove the baby and, and just, you know, start over in the pregnancy process because this baby won't live. And, and I remember looking at my wife, and she had tears running down her face, and I said, you know what, We're, we believe in the Bible. We believe what the Bible has to say, and we believe that God is the creator, and we believe that he can change this. And just like in the Old Testament, for those of you who are Bible scholars, that God changed the name of Jacob to Israel, we believe that our Jacob, because he was a boy, our Jacob Michael could change at any point when God decides. So we decided we're not going to remove him from the tummy. We're going to continue to con- down this pregnancy process. And at week 32, my wife gave birth to Jacob on April 6, 2013. And he never took a breath. And we had to bury my baby boy. And for a father who wants to fix things, there was nothing I could do. That was like the worst nightmare in my mind. I don't know how I was ever going to get through it. And let me tell you guys, I was a pastor for many years up until that point, but the, the enemy got in my head and started saying, you've given God your life. You left, I was raised in Indiana. You, you were raised in Indiana. You moved over to the East Coast, and then you moved to the West Coast, and now he can't even do this for you. And this was a real soul-searching moment for me. But remember, we got to embrace history. There's going to be moments in your life when you've got to put your, your, dig your feet in a little bit deeper and decide that I know who my God is. He is the perfect creator of the Garden of Eden, of Adam and Eve. He's, he loves us. He's faithful. He, follow, he, he comes after us with intensity. God loves us. He cares for us. And I had to make up my mind that I was going to praise God even in the midst of my storm. Can I just shoot straight with you students as the band comes up? I know that your life is messy. 
There's not one person that's walking on this stage right now. There's not one person in this whole church who hasn't experienced some kind of pain and suffering. And you may be going through your worst nightmare like I was. You, you may have just be going through a mess. And you're trying to figure out life. Can I tell you to hold on and, re, and re, embrace history, embrace who God has always been in your life. He's been faithful. He's been loving. He's been kind. He's forgiven you when you got kicked out of church camp twice. He loves you. He has a dream for you that's far bigger than anything you can imagine. But in your pain, you don't give up on God just because you're looking at a picture like this. Can I tell you that through my parents' divorce, when I was 19 years old, I had a conversation with a middle school student in, up in Michigan who was going through a moment where he showed up at his retreat, and I got to minister to him and tell him that God is faithful, God is just. And he cried, and I cried, and I'm 19, and he's 13 or whatever. He's just a middle school kid, and I, and, and I was telling him that God is good and that he will get him through this because I had already been through it. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know where you're going in, in life and what God uh, has for you. But let me tell you is that God will make the stories, the pain, the heartache. He'll get you through it. But you got to remember who he is. You got to remember how perfect he intended everything to be. Next week, you'll talk about when things screwed up. But don't let the enemy change your mind on who God is. You got to dig your feet in a little deeper and trust him. Listen. There's no mistake. What? That was weak. There's no mistake. There's no mistake. That means you. You're not a mistake. You're perfectly knitted and formed in your mother's womb, just like he intended you to be. And your story will go greater and bigger. I'm just a farm boy from Indiana. I don't even know how I got here. But God uses me in bigger ways than I would ever use myself. So embrace history. And remember, there's no mistake in what he creates.